Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. What's going on here? The weekend. The weekend. Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Friday. For most people, Friday is just a day before the weekend. I can't wait to the end of the week when I rap into the rhythm of a groovy beat. It is Friday, right? Better mouth for dinner on a Friday night. I'm hosting a party on Friday. Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. What about Friday? on this Friday. It's Bob and Sherry. All right, let's kick off this Friday show. we got the People's Movie Critic coming up in an hour or so with Megan, the movie about the scary robot doll girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have comedian Tony Darrow. And I have to say, for the most part, I think that social media is a relentless hellscape. But every once in a while, I'll be scrolling my Twitter and I'll come across like a massive thing that has blown up into a controversy that is so stupid that I'm thankful that social media exists. Here we go. What is it? Um, a British writer named Holly Bourne tweeted, who decided Humpty Dumpty was an egg? It's not in the lyrics. And deciding he's a giant egg is quite a random leap for someone to make. And then everyone else is like, yeah, a giant egg on a wall, of course. And this exploded and went viral. And so many people jumped in outraged, either defending Humpty Dumpty as an egg or complaining that there was no way that Humpty Dumpty was an egg. And this is 2023 and everything's on fire. And this is what blew up on Twitter. So you remember how the nursery rhyme goes, right? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Right. Um, there's nothing in there. That makes you go, oh, yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely an egg. So one person said, Humpty, this, this was one of my favorites, Humpty Dumpty was not an egg. He was a cannon. He was a cannon in Chichester, wherever that is. And that's why they, when he fell off the wall, they couldn't put him back together again. I've never, and I want to say, I've never heard that because I've also not spent one second of my life with Humpty Dumpty since I was about seven years old. How about you? Um, I haven't either. I've only seen Humpty Dumpty as an egg in in childhood books. Um, I could see how it could be a cannon because it's, you know, if especially if it was a big cannon, <clears throat> sometimes they'll give names to bombs or or uh, cannons or, uh, or, or planes. They're going to be uh, dropping bombs. They'll give names. I could see how somebody would say, boy, look at the size of that cannon way back when. And, and they call it Humpty Dumpty. I, c- so I could let definitely me, see that. But where do you come me, down? Do, do you come down on, are, are you outraged that uh, these anti-egg people are out there? I'm so delighted that there's something on Twitter that isn't Congress yes. that I didn't know what to do with myself. Let me right. read you some of these Humpty Dumpty tweets. So the original um, poster, Holly Bourne said, I now literally can't think of anything else. This non-canonical madness, we've just blindly accepted. Also, <laughs> imagine... 
having no army because they're off busy fixing a broken egg. The king literally sent everyone out to save the giant egg, who isn't even an egg, leaving the realm wide open for attack. We have all just accepted the fan fiction egg version of Humpty Dumpty. Here comes another person, Kelly Ellis, who said, I just wouldn't trust horses to put an egg back together again. <laughs> what, with, what with having no thumbs and only hooves? Um, a Gaz said, why would the horses be useful repairing an egg? And who wants to? The point of an egg is to break it. And this went on and on and on and on and on. And we never resolved it, right? We have no idea what Humpty Dumpty was. But isn't it a pleasure to see people arguing about something like this on social media instead of the usual? I think this is um, indicative of the times that we live in. I think people started looking at what's going on in Congress and said, yeah, I'm kind of a political person, but I can't take it no more. <laughs> I'm not going to follow it anymore. Let's see what else I can. You know, this Humpty Dumpty thing. You know, she's right. She's got a point. And they get involved in this. I think it is a release valve for everything that's going on in the world right now. I'm going to, when we finish up today, I'm going to hop over to Twitter and I'm going to start a controversy over three blind mice. First of <laughs> all, have some compassion. They're blind. Second, what's up with the psycho farmer's wife and the carving knife? Leave them alone. <laughs> get a cat. Okay? <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> You're exactly right. Well, there's a weekend Don't even right get there. me started on Baba Black Sheep. Have you any wool? <laughs> what the hell do you think he has? He's a sheep. <laughs> he has no corduroy, sir. He's a sheep. So thank you, Holly Bourne of London, for turning Twitter back into something fun for at least by, one by, day. By, by the way, what kind of parents let Little Red Riding Hood go through uh, a scary woods to their grandmother's house? You can't drive her? You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, go can't with walk her? with her? Yeah. There's not some village boy that you can send into the forest with Red Riding Hood. Exactly. Grandma the crap. No, I'm with you, Bob. Right, right. You know what? It's high time we investigated the real issues. That's right. And left Washington to itself. Coming up, we got morons in the news. Comedian Tony Darrow, the people's movie critic, and the best damn beaver story you have ever heard. And the cutest beaver video you're ever gonna see bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour thursdays at 7 p.m eastern live live on the bob and sherry facebook page well as i continue my uh year without cable news uh television shows at night i am watching some stuff that normally i would not watch and one of the things i watched uh last week was the golden globes few days ago the golden globes i never watched the golden globes you know once in a while i'd watch the academy awards but even they have become kind of lame and here's my takeaway because every single day a controversy about the golden globes becomes bigger and bigger and people become more and more ticked off about them when i was watching the faces of some of the stars even like brad pitt they seem to have on their face why am i here <laughs> this this thing <laughs> is kind of an embarrassment. Why am I here? And I'm watching, and the uh, host of it, the Golden Globes host, was Jared Carmichael, who I was not familiar with as a comedian, but Sherry tells me and Max tells me he's had Netflix specials, several of them. He is a stand-up comedian, and they hired him, as they do with comedians very often, to be the MC. I thought he completely job. bombed. Did yeah, you it really? It is a thankless I, I job. Watch. 
Yeah, it's a it's a tough crowd. I mean, everybody's heard everything. They, everybody knows everything. They're in show business, right? It's a tough crowd. Nonetheless, he bombed. Uh, I sat there and watched his first intro, and I, I it didn't make any sense. And I went, okay, well, maybe I missed something. And then another one bombed. And now Whitney Houston's family is not happy about a reference that Jared Carmichael made during the show about Whitney. So Max has the uh, the soundbite. Here's what he said. All right, you guys, we are back. Um, we are pressed for time, but they wanted me to shout out the venue that we're in. So we are here live from the hotel that killed Whitney Houston, the Beverly Hilton, uh, you guys. So uh, that's very exciting. Okay, so... If you've done any MC work, somebody is always going to say, hey, don't forget to plug the fact that such and such air conditioning is sponsoring tonight. You know, I, I get that. And they went to him and they said the venue is the Beverly Hills Hotel Hilton. What, would, you, would you just mention it somewhere along the way in, in your uh, act? And instead of doing that, he, he said, well, how can I make this funny? And he chose to use that to make it funny. So. In, in the one hand, it was not funny. In the second hand, it was cruel. And in the third hand, he did not accomplish what they asked him to do, which was to plug the Beverly Hilton, because the Beverly Hilton does not want to be associated with Whitney's death. I, I just, what gets into these guys sometimes when, when they get on a live show like this? He took a lot of shots. Um, he took a shot at uh, Scientology about the missing wife of the head of the Church of Scientology. Um, her name is Shelley Miscavige. He took a shot at that that reverberated throughout L.A. I, I, I follow. I follow. Um, if you're fascinated by Scientology like I am, you should subscribe to a guy named Tony Ortega. He's a journalist. He does a Scientology substack that is just all, all the Scientology tea you can take. People were really ticked about that. My guess is, I don't know, but my guess, Bob, is that um, sometimes a comedian makes a calculation that they've got this opportunity and the best way to use that opportunity is not to be like a smooth and, and charming and competent MC, but to throw as many bombs out there as you can because it right. raises your profile. Right. I think you're right. I think you're right. But here's the thing. If you're going to throw a bomb like that, it's got to be funny. There was nothing funny in that. Tell me where the amusement is. By re uh, The only thing I can say is, hey, th here's where he thought it was funny. Hey, they told me to plug the Beverly Hilton it, Hotel, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to bring up Whit uh, Whitney he, Houston's death. He did that so you would talk about it, and you went into this saying, I really didn't know who Jared Carmichael was, and but now you, you do, do now. And I think mm -hmm. that they know that. And yeah. that's why that was done. Because you, you have to know if you're going to say something like that, that is, mm, that's a bomb. I got the feeling that it was a last minute decision. I have, I mean, you know, it probably wasn't in the run through or the dress rehearsal. Right. You know, I mean, because you're not going to, you're not going to throw that out there and then, you no. know, get it talking to. Right. I think Max, really? I, I think Max just kind of nailed it. I mean, this guy had the Golden Globes, no matter like how ridiculous and fill in the blank that it is. I mean, most people just don't even care about it. Right. 
inside and outside of the entertainment industry, most people don't care. But it was a huge stage for him. It was a huge platform. And he took a shot. Yeah. And I think to Max's point, it worked. You're talking about him. I guess, but it was just totally inappropriate. I mean, it's it's sad that there are no lines that people uh, will not cross. And I know <laughs> there, just... there are comedians, performers going, oh, listen, here's Mr. Um, you know, got to be politically correct. I'm sorry. That family didn't deserve that. All right, Morons in the News, straight ahead, it's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Lowe's. Shop in-store or online at Lowe's.com. We never seem to run out. You're both morons. Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Maglitch Smith, who is 27 years old, went on a rampage in a Winter Garden smoke shop, causing thousands of dollars in damages. He turned on officers who showed up, hitting one with his car and later biting another. But not before he took a dance break in the middle of traffic. According to the Winter Gardens police, Mr. Smith went into a mobile gas station about 7.30 at night, and he walked over to 592 Smoke Shop, a store inside the fuel stop. He hopped on the counter and started destroying display cases causing about two grand in uh, damages he harassed customers and then left while police were taking statements on what happened smith drove back and then tried to walk into the store he ran off when police officers told him to stop he jumped back into his car and drove around the parking lot before turning toward the front of the store and of course driving through the store He then started driving toward two officers. One officer was able to move out of the way. The other one was hit by the car. Do you, I'm not through with this yet, but do you realize when a cop goes into work, they know that this kind of craziness could happen and does happen while they're working? From the report, about 30 minutes later, Officer Joshua Rios was driving in a different call when he saw Smith dancing on the roof of a black Nissan Altima at an intersection. Uh, Officer Rios was eventually able to pull him over at a 7-Eleven. Smith walked out of his car and walked into the store, ignoring Rios, telling him to stop. Instead of following him inside, the officer waited till he came out and then took him down with the assistance of a canine officer. Uh, In the commotion, Rios, uh, I'm sorry, Smith bit Officer Rios on the left thigh, and soon after the canine Maverick was called in to help, Uh, He was uh, taken down. Determined to get there, an officer with pepper spray showed up and sprayed Smith, but that did not stop him. A taser brought him to the ground at last, where it took four officers and the canine officer to arrest Mr. Smith. He is in jail as we speak. One guy causing all of that chaos. That's unbelievable. One guy on crack. I mean, there had had to be be some kind of, yeah, Yeah, something in there. All right, so let's go to Palm Coast, Florida for today's morning of the day. Deputies responded to a 911 call. Somebody had like one of these ring video doorbells and they saw a man going through packages on their front porch. So of course they have video, right? So the cops come and they're showing the deputies the video and you see the guy going through the boxes and then he steals some bottled water. And I don't know about y'all, 
But if I'm facing prison time, I want it to be for felony bottled water theft. <laughs> I don't want no some bunch of ugly old diamonds or some dirty cash money. I want me some Dasani water that I've stolen from somebody's porch. Listen, that's so, that's a man that's a man whose wife said you're not hydrating enough. At least he's trying to be healthy, right? Yeah. So as the deputies are watching the video, one of them glances up. And don't you know they see the very same dude climbing a ladder to get into the second story of another home. <laughs> wow. So deputies said, deputy said, quote, we made contact with the man. His name is Ricardo Gonzalez. And he said to them, oh, I'm just coming home from going for a walk. And again... <laughs> I can only speak for myself, but Kevin and I mostly enter our home through a ladder on the second story because yeah, right. the front it's just door, easier. it's for yeah. suckers, right? Right. So he gave the gentleman his name and um, they chatted with him a little bit and they said, you know, we were just watching some video and we saw you going through packages and stealing bottled water. And at that point, he, he said, you got me. I stole the really? packages. Yeah, I stole the packages, and I did break yeah. into this house using that ladder. They immediately arrested him on charges of burglary and some other stuff. He has no prior criminal record in Flagler County, but he's wanted in Miami-Dade County, and there are lots of charges pending on New Jersey. So for all of the Florida residents and natives that are so tired of having so many dumb criminals come out of Florida... Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that came to Florida from New Jersey. Now that should right. make you feel good. He brought his Can't criminal track record all the way right. to the Sunshine State. That is Morons in the News for today. We'll get that posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up for you, we have comedian Tony Darrow. We have the best damn Bieber story ever, ever, ever. And we got the People's Movie Critic. He's reviewing Megan. It's a spooky robot child doll. It's everything he hates. Can't wait. Coming up, it's Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stuff. In each episode of True Weird Stuff, we'll take a look at something that's, you know, well, true and weird. He was just a regular guy in Sherry's neighborhood when she was growing up. Hard worker. Devoted family man. And then convicted murderer. True. Weird. Stop. The first episode drops today on the free Bob and Sherry app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. Okay, we're going to do this very quickly from the New Yorker magazine. Your personality explained by your annoying household habits. Number one, soaking dishes in the sink. Your ability to make life more difficult is unmatchable. What you do is soak dishes and just walk away. By the time you get ready to take any form of action, somebody has come along and done the cleanup for you. Uh, Number two, letting unopened mail pile up. You have an extreme fear of the unknown, and you are marginally equipped to navigate adult life. Like the soaker, you avoid making decisions and lead it to leave it to others. Besides, if it's a bill and it's mailed to no one in particular, does it even exist? Number three, leaving the kitchen cabinets open. Shut up, Bob. Don't say anything. Just shut up. And I'm, I'm hitting all these. <laughs> Tell me about it. 
Your life is dominated by what-ifs, and you'll likely never learn to take definitive action, at least not until you crack the top of your skull on a cabinet door edge. Number four, leaving one bite or sip. Mm, I don't have a problem with that one, one bite. Uh, next one, mopping with your foot and a Clorox, a Clorox wipe. Mopping with your foot and a Clorox wipe. You're a visionary who lives by the maxim, there's got to be a better way, and that way is yours. And finally, keeping leftovers in the fridge past the point of viability. Let's not mince moldy garlic. You've got severe abandonment issues, which causes you to hold on to every damn thing. So there it is. A little something for a certain someone to maybe reflect on. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code Bob and Sherry 22 at HelloFresh.com slash Bob and Sherry 22. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Tony Darrow. You know how I knew I was going to have a granddaughter and not a grandson? Uh, my son called me on the phone and told me like a normal human being. <laughs> No, because we've got to have these things called gender reveal parties. Are you familiar with this crazy nonsense? They've already lost their mind. People are getting dynamite and making explosions. <laughs> to tell the world the gender, they're losing like fingers and some people are dying. You know, just so you can tell people the gender of your upcoming baby. It's ridiculous. If it's a pink cloud, it's a girl. If it's a blue cloud, it's a boy. If it's a white cloud, it's a pope. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't Crazy. I mean, I was at a gender reveal, reveal party in Thailand about 20 years ago. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> Definitely not for children. <laughs> but uh, I'm driving my granddaughter one day, and I don't know if I did what happened with what happened. I, I put a car seat in my car for my granddaughter. What happened with car seats? You know, when, I, when my kids were young, you know, you take it, you put it in, you unlock it, you put it in another car, you carry them in it, whatever. Now you need like a degree in engineering to install one of those things. It takes like three hours to put it in a car seat. You know, back in my day, it took two minutes. I mean, granted, a lot of kids went flying through the windshield, but still, you know, it was, it was a lot easier. So I'm driving around my granddaughter and she's sitting in the car seat and the, the light turns yellow. So instead of like slowing down and waiting for it to turn red, I speed up so I can make the light, and I make the turn like a little bit too sharp and too fast. We can hear like a tire squeal. <laughs> I know, and from the back seat, I hear my granddaughter scream, you stupid old man. 
You drive like a moron, Grandpa. And I'm not even like upset that she would speak to me that way. I'm more in shock that a week before her second birthday, she's able to have a thought and express it in a way that's not only grammatically correct, but factually accurate, if I'm honest. And I look back at her and she's got this sweet little smile on her face and I realize she didn't say, you stupid old man, you drive like a moron, grandpa. The woman on the bicycle said that. <laughs> I was just distracted because I had never seen someone on a bicycle actually do a somersault before. I was like, those extreme sports are really getting impressive. But then later on, I was a little offended by it. She calls me grandpa because I'm old. Like, and why in this system of, like, you know, this state of political correctness is ageism so acceptable? Right? I mean, if you use the wrong, I accidentally used the wrong pronoun addressing somebody, said she instead of they, you would have thought I killed their parents. I didn't make the same mistake twice. But thank you, one person. But, you know, why is it, but everybody, everybody has a group defending them, except for uh, old people, you know? It's just like, you know, if you, you know, if, if, if you use the wrong pronoun or something, if you, whatever, that's, people will attack you. But if you still have an AOL email address, nobody cares about you, brother. Back on, probably put an AOL email address on a job resume. The person hiring you is Blockbuster Video. <laughs> I don't think it's right. Where are my over 60s in here? Yeah, I, I, think, I think we need our own Pride Month, don't you think so? I think December would probably make it work, you know? We'd probably forget about it though, because we're so such cognitive decline. <laughs> I know I am. You know, every time you see one of those silver alerts that shows like some old man got lost, he went out in his car and they show the license plate number, I always check out the license plate number to make sure it's not mine. <laughs> And then I, I remember, I don't remember what my license plate number is. You know, sometimes I walk into a room, forget why I walked in there, uh, and inevitably somebody will say to me, what are you doing in my house? <laughs> I was like, even my granddaughter, I realize every time I'm with her, every day she's getting more cognitively aware and more physically stronger, and every day I'm getting less so. That means every time I'm with her is my best chance of beating her in a street fight. <laughs> But, uh, but you get attitude, just, uh, I think we needed our own, our own movement. I, I even have some slogans for us. We're here, we can't hear, get used to it. <laughs> if you're from Florida, don't say gray. <laughs> we won't have a march, that's too much work. We'll have like a mall walk. <laughs> Maybe like 10 minutes, and we'll stop at Starbucks. You can find Tony Darrow's set on our website, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com, and you know who's coming up. It's the People's Movie Critic. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. All right, just ahead of the People's Movie Critic, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Judge Judy weighed in on Prince Harry and his new memoir, Spare. I have to say, after like a really early burst of very positive publicity, the table seemed to be turning on Harry and Meghan fast and aggressively. Do you agree? Like, Seems to be. Yeah. yeah. So 
Here is what Judge Judy, who does not suffer any kind of foolishness for like a second, had to say about Prince Harry. I will tell you that I would be furious and would think that that child or grandchild was a selfish, spoiled, ungrateful one. That's what I would fear and be really hurt. I think anybody, anybody with a brain would see that. It's disingenuous. It's biting the hand that fed you. It's unseemly. I get what she's saying. I I get the emotion and, and many, many people are saying exactly the same thing. He is nothing more than a spoiled brat and he has cut off his nose to spite his face. I get that. And yet, um, this is a guy, people have lost their parents. People have lost children and it's horrific. At a very young age, he lost his mother. Not only did he lose his mother, but she died in a horrific car crash, which was replayed ad nauseum. Um, he also had to put up with, with her dating this guy, Fayed. He had to put up with all of what went along with that, the whispers, the whispers of the writing coach. He had to put up with Camilla. He had to put up with, according to him, a father who was very cold, very cold. Um, he had a lot to handle for a young man. And I don't think that you hit a certain age and all of a sudden, yeah, that happened when you, how old was he? Six, something like that. Yeah, that happened then. Well, guess what? You're 18 now. So let's forget about it and move along. I don't know if it always works that way. He was not always a spoiled person. He served his country in Afghanistan. Um, I hear you, Bob, and I agree with you. When, I, when Megan, when Megan came in, I, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And I'm not blaming Megan at all, but when she came in, this is, you know, all of a sudden he's a grown up man with a wife and in the back of his mind, he's seeing her attacked by the press. What, how could that not be a trigger? For me, that's like the big, the big takeaway from all of this is that for Harry, the day that he was told his mother was dead, that day has never ended for him. Right. He's been living in that moment for decades now, right? And he's so, it shaped his worldview. It shaped his understanding of his place in the world and his family. It gave him a lifelong um, loathing and mistrust of the British press. And I think that when Megan came along, I think she pushed those buttons and just activated all of that for him. And it, 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 it wasn't makes her sense pushing to me. the buttons. No, no, I'm she, not accusing her. Yeah. I'm always defending her. I'm just saying yeah. that when she came into his life, mm-hmm. a lot of things that were traumatic for him began mm-hmm. playing out and same new face, new name, same story. And the accusations that he's made against the Royal family, you know, throwing one person under the bus to save another, swapping and trading stories. I hate to say it because it, on the one hand, it sounds really paranoid and like conspiracy theory-ish. And on the other hand, you're listening to it and you're going, well, that makes sense. I said, that's probably true. That's probably just the way it works. Let, let, let me just say, uh, I, I, you know, I just said something that was very supportive. I also feel that he's handled this poorly. Uh, the Oprah interview was a mistake. I think the book is a mistake. 
I think what he should have done is pulled his brother and father aside and said, I am not going to go through this again with uh, uh, another woman, and that woman is my wife. So let's try to come up with some plan here where I can live in America and uh, wish you all luck. I, I think his spilling a lot of this stuff, He, as Max has said, he needs therapy. I think that should have been spilled in a therapist office, not, not in the pages of a book. Where you're making the, money from it. This is yeah. a really big knot to try to unravel. But why is it that I can't help but feel that if the palace had supplied Harry and Meghan with security when they were in Canada that a lot of this would never have happened. Maybe so. Maybe so. Because if you if you watch the Netflix documentary and read the book, one thing you hear over and over again is Harry say, they left my family with nothing and I had to protect my family over and over again. Um, the few bucks they saved on security when the two of them were in Vancouver or wherever, ooh, that was not... That was not maybe the best decision. No, it was not. For anybody, It's surprising that there's not one of those gray men that would say, all right, let's take a look down the road. This is uh, the saving of this, and we'll get some heat from the British people, but I think we're better off taking care of these two. Yeah, it was was mishandled. It was just So much better off. Well, guess who's next? The People's Movie Critic. Not royalty, but a prince among men. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. It is time now for the People's Movie Critic and his review of Megan. Hey, Lamar. Hey. You know, it sort of seems that the director and for this movie was determined for this not to be just another Chucky movie, like a doll killing people. But now, Mm -hmm. make no mistake, he might not want it to be another Chucky, but since the Chucky franchise consists of eight movies that has made over $217 million, he still wants to be in the arena, okay? He don't want to get too far away. But because it's 2023, Megan goes to the science route, okay? Making this about technology and artificial intelligence. And Megan, it's like a capital M, the number three, G-A-N. It stands for Model 3 Generative Android. And it's a doll that interacts with a child. As Megan spends time with the child more and more, she learns how to become the child's very best friend. So the movie opens up. We meet eight-year-old Katie. And she's played by Violet McGraw. She's going on a trip with her parents. <clears throat> and on the ride, they have the same argument that a lot of parents have with their children about screen time on the electronic device. Now, this seems like some heavy-handed foreshadowing of the coming problem with technology, but we're going to go with it. Now, there's a crash. Katie is left with no parents. Her guardian turns out to be her Aunt Gemma, and she's played by Allison Williams. And Gemma works for this huge toy company, and her job is her life. She's not prepared to be a parent and really doesn't want to be, but what else can she do? And this really couldn't have happened at a worse time because the company's competitor has made an identical toy that interacts with kids 
And the company is built basically on this toy. So now they've got competition. So they've got to figure out a way to make it cheaper. And this rests on Gemma's shoulders. But this is her chance to reveal her secret project, Megan. So to get it up to speed and to and get the presentation right, she takes it home and she lets Megan get to know Katie. It's awesome. Not only does Megan play with Katie, she helps her teach her manners. She consoles her from the loss of her parents. And it's just awesome. They love each other. And this is great for Gemma because she can just let Megan raise Katie while she's working on making the presentation right. But now as Megan gains knowledge, she begins to run the show and she cannot be controlled. She focuses on her prime directive, which is to protect Katie. And she takes that maybe a little too seriously. And there's also a fair amount of dark humor in this because Megan delivers one-liners every bit as good as the best James Bond villain. So it's really cool. And here's what's weird. She's a doll. She's, she's you know, she's a robot. And she wears sunglasses out in the sun. Like her eyes can, I mean, <laughs> she can see 100 yards, but I, it's just crazy seeing her in sunglasses. But they're light The movie's sensitive. an hour and 42 yeah. minutes. It's rated PG-13. It was supposed to be R-rated. But after seeing the online responses as they checked them out, they realized that more teens were interested. So they toned the gore down, not the deaths, but just the blood and stuff. They're planning to release an unrated version uh, later on with all the blood and brains and splatter for, for the adults that want to see that. But let me say, if my first statement about the director trying to avoid this being a Chucky movie might keep someone from going because they love Chucky, do not despair. All that technology, the blinking lights, and taking the high road of teaching moral lessons eventually evolves into what everybody was thinking to start with, a crazy-ass doll flipping out and going on a killing spree with superhuman strength and just going nuts. So if you love Chucky, if you'll set through the nice part, you'll get to the Chucky part. Now, the entire concept, if you think about it, is crazy. From a liability standpoint, the idea of making a doll that can think, talk, learn, feel emotion, that has the speed of a leopard and the strength of a gorilla, and expecting parents to let it sleep with an 8 to 12-year-old kid is nuts. Let's <laughs> just think about this. What if the kid wets the bed and short-circuits Megan and the doll rips the head off the kid? You're talking, they'll yeah. be dialing all nines all day long. I mean, there's no way a company would do this. But if you will suspend belief, the movie was entertaining, darkly funny, and it was fun to watch. I had a good time. I enjoyed it. It was four Budweiser's. So, I think it's a brilliant idea as far as um, merchandising it. Oh, yeah. Because there is really nothing that's more darkly appealing to the moviegoers than the concept of the evil doll. And here it is. It's uh, notched up a bit to yep. uh, come into the age we live in now. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I think it's going to do that. I'm, I'm surprised you liked it as much as you did. I was yeah. too. I was too. Yeah. But yeah. The, the dark humor, the dark humor, it was all over it, and it was very well done. It was good. Well, you know how you are with demons and scary dolls and demonic children. You know you're not a fan. So this movie must be really good for you to have enjoyed it this much. I'm well, listen, listen. So, so, so when you say... Technology is not as scary. Technology is not near as scary, you know? So when you say that she does James Bond villain sort of one-liners, it's something like, I don't know, she 
she electrocutes some guy who's trying to hurt the child. And when the person is electrocuted, she says something like, well, you look shocked. Something like that is something is that like that, does? but better, yeah. better. I mean, really, it's very. I mean, I, we spent as much time laughing as we did being the jump scares. Mm-hmm. The jump scares are there, but the dark humor, it's all through. It's good. All right. All right. How many buds again for Megan? Four buds. Four. Four. Solid. All right. We got more with the People's Movie Critic next. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. We are back with Lamar, the People's Movie Critic. He loves movies. And I'm just wondering, you can see this movie, I think, now on Netflix. Uh, Sherry and I both saw it when it was in theaters in 2008, and we thought it was funny. Have you ever seen The Death of Stalin? The movie The Death of Stalin? I have not. It sounds like a real laugh a minute. I mean... It is. It's at, No, 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 no. It, am I not right, Sherry? Is it not funny? I think you'd enjoy it, Lamar. I do. What made you think of that? Well, um, what made me think of it was reading about what's going on with Russian generals today. This just happened a couple of days ago. And, and I want to know your opinion on this, um, Lamar. Evidently, Putin has replaced Sergei Surovikin, who was the main general in the Ukraine invasion, with an even more brutal general, because the guy who's in there now was not getting the job done, Sergei. My question to you is, how long before Sergei jumps out of a window that's 20 stories high? Listen, that retirement plan for a failed general in Russia is probably not that great. It's not. It, it's almost it's almost a dark comedy. You know how I don't many know how you guys... give somebody that job. Who takes that job? Okay, here we're going in here, and I want this done in about a week. Okay, I want this yeah. done in a week. Can you do it? Yes, comrade, yeah. I can do it. Oh no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> So here's the deal. I'm picturing this as a comedy because, I mean, honest to God, if you don't follow this, folks, there have been like 12 um, associates of Putin, some of them in the military, some of them not in the military, that all of a sudden had a heart attack at 32 or fell out of a window. Literally, it's just it's like one after another. So it's a dark comedy and it's exactly what you just said. They've gone through all the generals and now they're down to a low level sort of general. He's a one-star general, and they say, you're in charge. I say they make that movie, and they make Lamar the star. Oh, my I God. Think, the promotion what, you never want. That's the promotion yeah, exactly. you never want. Exactly. You know, I never, I never thought about how good you would look in, like, a communist military uniform, but I think you could yeah. pull that off, Lamar. Yeah. I want one of them hats. I want that furry oh, hat. That's oh, what I want. I mean, hats. why I risk your life falling out of a building if you're yeah. not getting the big furry hat? Yeah, I want the furry hat. I've looked for but those. Just, I can't find them anywhere around here. Just following <laughs> you around, trying to dodge the promotion, I think will be hysterical. <laughs> I think I think it's a movie. If I nominated, movie. I will not run. If elected, I will not <laughs> serve. <laughs> it's the People's Movie Critic. Hey, he loved Megan, gave it four buds. This is Bob and Cherry. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Oh my goodness, it is Friday the 13th, and who better to talk to right now than our astrologer, Charlie, who is going to tell us, if at all, the planets align in a different way because of it being... Friday the 13th. How does that work, Charlie? Is that just uh, something the planets ignore, or is there something to it? Um, I'm pretty sure in my experience that they conspire to be in certain positions at certain times just to add a little bit of spice to human life. Um, Uh Like this Friday the 13th, this time we're still going to be in the midst of a few mm, awkward retrogrades that are going to make a lot of things like moving forward a bit scary after a time of like resistance and stuff. So this particular Friday 13th, even though it should be a Venus day, Friday's a lovely Venus day. uh, We're all going to not be able to be helped other than thinking of things like, Oh, you know, little fears of our own that are coming up and then go ahead and watch a movie like Friday the 13th or something as well. And you can double down on that, um, you know, ominous energy really. (laughs) So you're saying then to confront it, walk toward the problem. Every single time. Yes. Yes. Go into huh. fear. And this go week particularly. That's, yeah, that's been a hard one for us, Charlie. So go on. This week, tell us. This week is kind of all over the place. Like it's one of those crazy looking stock charts of up and down, like, yay, happy, like, mm, not sure. Oh, I'm scared energy because we're leaving behind a bunch of retrogrades. And I always talk about retrogrades, but that's because, um, We've been in so many since kind of August last year. Um, it's all about patience. It's all about travel delays, reversals of plans. So, yeah, everyone's probably a little bit like fearful of putting that next step forward right now because in the last few months when we have, we've had resistance or we've had these lessons coming to say, um, chill out, slow down, maybe change a goal or adjust something. And this is biggest for Scorpio, Virgo and Aquarius this week. If you so are, that's Max. He's a Scorpio. So what can what Max could use a little bit of good news. Oh God, he could use <laughs> nice. good news right now, Charlie. Just a spoon. Well, it's good news for everybody. At the end of it, there's just that little kind of hedge to push through at first. For Scorpio, it's a lot about um, asking for and negotiating. The key word for Scorpio is negotiation. So it's asking for and negotiating no less than what you need and deserve, whether that's salary, um, assistance, or even like space from other people. For Scorpio, it's about um, grabbing that 
steering wheel and fully taking control and saying, this is what I need. And they'll kind of find a positive response coming to them via email between now and January the 20th. So some good news is on its way. (laughs) Yay. This is so interesting because Max is a Scorpio and he has all of that mysterious smoking hot Scorpio sexy energy, but he is the last Scorpio in the world who will look you in the face and go, excuse me, this is what I need. And this is how I need it. And let's see this getting done. (laughs) Yeah. What happened to me? (laughs) (laughs) All all the retrogrades. Friday the 13th is your time to come out and, you know, ask for stuff people might be like ah you know that's scary we're not used to that but it's it's your friday the 13th okay. you tell them all right all right i'm gonna <laughs> this do i can't I'm wait gonna to do see. it i'm gonna walk into the fear <laughs> exactly. bob this is gonna be bad news for you and me because the first thing he's gonna do is call us and say i will not be listening to your voices for 18 hours a day in my headphones <laughs> <laughs> and who could so what them? else about what else about friday the 13th do we need to be paying attention to so the other two signs that are really like being brought into everything this week, Virgos, um, they're kind of being kicked in the butt to get back into the swing of things of work. They always take a lot longer than other signs to unwind because they have so much going on on the mind all the time. Um, but there's <laughs> some pleasant stuff for, for a Virgo. The reason they maybe want to get back into work enthusiastically is because there's a reward coming up where they might be buying a car or spending money on car things or another kind of toy or gadget if you will and um yeah focus on that might make um you know time spent doing work and stuff a little bit more pleasant and after 18th of the 18th of January they're going to have some kind of self-generated reward coming their way I am so glad. I am so glad that we're listening to you today because I am a Virgo and my wife will send me to the store. You know, I'm going to the store to get whatever I need, usually wine. And she will say, pick up some cream cheese and a treat for the cat or whatever it is. And I come back without the cat's treat or or the cream cheese. And she will say, I don't know what to do with you sometime. And I can now say, well, I was talking with Charlie and she said, because I'm a Virgo, I always have a lot going on in my mind. Yeah. And that is my out. It's my out. It's not that I'm not paying attention to her. I have a lot going on in my mind. And she will agree with that to a certain degree, I think. Do you know what else I picked (laughs) up on, Bob? That in um, uh, five days, you're going to get a self-generated reward, which is pretty much the only kind of reward that you ever get. It's the one that you give yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's how yeah. you know how accurate this is. Okay. Yeah, that's, I found that out in life. Charlie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, guys. You bet. We'll see and you, you next have a great week. day today. Yeah. See you next week. Our, Be careful. Our official... Our official guide to the stars, astrologer Charlie King, coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, it is truly the best damn beaver story ever. (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I've been thinking about something I saw at the Las Vegas airport and also the way I, what I did in that moment, which um, upset me greatly because I'm surprised I didn't get my face punched in and then arrested. Okay. So here's what happened. I was flying back from visiting my mom, whirlwind trip. And the Vegas airport is, 
if you've never been, the Vegas airport is an entertainment destination. There are slot machines. I mean, you can, you know, you can really spend. Oh, a day is that at the right? Vegas airport. Yeah. I've never in fact, been I there. won. Is that right? I won $37.50 playing a slot machine at the Las Vegas airport. Whoa. And if you're wondering, I celebrated getting through TSA without having to take my shoes off. I have TSA pre-check, but they, I, I'm always in the random screening line where I'm down to like my pierced ears and a thong and, and begging for mercy, even with TSA pre- pre-check. But on this particular day, y'all, the angels are with me and I skate it right through TSA. So I thought, let me celebrate this random good fortune. So I put a dollar bill into the slot machine and I pressed the play button. And I'm going to be honest, I really didn't know what the heck was going on. But the next thing I knew, it was making all these noises and there was this big cartoon. And I looked down and it it showed that I had $37.50. And the machine said, do you want to cash out? And I said, oh, yes, I do. Because I knew that if I didn't, I wasn't going to turn that 37 into 100. I was going to turn that 37 back into zero. So I took my 37.50 and I'm walking toward my gate. And I come upon this couple And they are older people. It's impossible to say what age they were, but they were somewhere between 50 and 70. So when I say older, I mean these were not teenagers. Mm -hmm. And this man was yelling at this woman and being so awful to her. And I'm I'm coming, I'm cruising, I'm cruising by. And here's what he's saying as I as I walked up, because the airport is loud, you got and you have slot machines, so it's chaotic. You had to get almost right on top of them. And as I walked up, here's what he's saying to her. And I'm going to have to edit out his language. He goes, I told you to be right here. And you're not. You're so bleepity bleep, 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 bleep. You don't listen. You're stupid. What is wrong with you? How many times have we been through this? This woman stood there. She looked like someone's grandma. She stood there looking down with tears spilling down her cheeks. While this man went to town on her and I'm walking past and I catch this and I spun my head around and went, stop yelling at her. Good for you. What happened? Well, well, um, he stopped. She looked up and then looked back down and I thought I just made it worse for her. I just did this woman no favors at all. I just made everything worse for her. It was an impulsive. I just couldn't take it. It pissed me off so much. Like, what yeah. are you doing? First of all, do you not dare talk to your life partner like that anywhere, including in private? Yeah. How dare you humiliate and degrade and verbally abuse this woman in the middle of the freaking airport? I was crazy, Bob. I was out of my mind. I felt like, you know, how people say like they saw red. I saw red. Like I was in, I went from Bum ba dum ba dum thirty-seven fifty in the slot machine too. I will kill your walrus face with my hands. I'm so glad that telling this story, you you just told this story brilliantly, and I'll tell you why. You could have said, I couldn't believe that this a-hole was doing this publicly. Well, it's not the right thing to do privately either. How dare you? How dare you? And I, and I, in a, in a moment, you know, time, time is a funky thing. We mm-hmm. think of it as so linear and something that we can measure out in seconds and minutes, but time is not that way at all. Time is an elastic, crazy, um, mathematical thing. And in that moment, time slowed down and expanded. And I took it all in. I mean, I could tell a police sketch artist what this guy looked like. 
That's how much I took him in. And yeah. I have my own troubling history with domestic violence. And so I'm super sensitive and super triggered when I see stuff like this. But I also am old enough to know better than to get into an altercation with some barrel-chested aging walrus at McCarran International Airport, which is what I did. Well, as Hootie said, time, why you punish me? I think he, <laughs> It's so true. Darius got it right there. Um, as we wrap this up, did you get a look at his face, his eyes? Oh, I could, I could describe him to the cops. He was pissed. She was scared. And I knew in that moment, as a child of DV, that I had not helped her. And I am sick with remorse. I didn't, I mean, I just reacted and I shouldn't have. And now I feel terrible because it, I don't know what It may go the other way. It, it, may, it may have opened his eyes that other people do not condone your way of uh, carrying on like this. Who I knows? know we all get never know. frustrated and tired and traveling is hard and airports are brutal. But do not, do not talk to anyone. No. Do not talk to the woman who's wearing your ring. Like she's a naughty freaking animal. I, I, I'm surprised that he didn't haul off and deck me. I'm surprised I'm sitting here and not cooling my heels in a lockup. And I'm glad Las you Vegas. did that. I'm glad you didn't get hit, but I'm glad you did that because that is y'all don't don't act like that in public. People are no. watching. It's it's or very bad karma. Yeah. It's very, very bad karma, and I, I don't want to get punched in the face. All right, straight ahead. Going to switch gears as we bring you the best damn beaver story you've ever heard. It's epic. Mm. Only on Bob and Sherry. Bob, a Bob and Sherry exclusive. I'm going to put it out there. Excellent. I don't know what it is. Something about beavers, but I'm there. It's beavers. It's Bob and Sherry. Can You Believe This is brought to you by Staples, the working and learning store. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. I cannot believe this. When a baby, when a baby beaver gets rescued for whatever reason, you know, something happened to the parents, construction, whatever, they have to live with their rescuers for a couple of years until they're old enough and mature enough to go out on their own. One of the greatest things I've seen in a long time is a video of a rescued baby beaver who's living in a wildlife rescue in Mississippi who built a dam inside the house out of Christmas decorations and wrapping paper and toys. This beaver, <laughs> the, the, in, the instinct to build a dam is so strong in beavers that this little creature waddled from room to room and built an indoor Christmas dam. We're going to post the video on the Bob and Cherry Facebook because you're going to love it. It's going to be one of the best things that you've ever seen. So after I'd watched this video for like the fourth time, I, I said to myself, girl, what do you really know about the beaver, nature's architect? What do you really like? Why do they build these dams? Clearly they're born with the instinct to build a dam, right? This little baby beaver is making one out of Christmas balls. What do you know about our friend, the beaver? So I did a deep dive. And in this Bob and Sherry exclusive, I'm going to tell you why beavers build a dam. Basically, it's protection. Because according to wildlife experts, beavers are really, really vulnerable to other animals. When they're on the land, this is what this wildlife biologist said. When beavers are on the land, they're awkward. They're basically great big chicken nuggets waddling around that any predator would be happy to have as a meal. 
They are, they are large. They weigh between 40 and 80 pounds. Another biologist said a beaver is basically a smelly bag of meat with really short legs, but enough about my children's father. No, I joke. (laughs) His legs are a normal size. Anywho, beavers are really awkward on land, right? It's not till they hit the water. They can hold their breath for like, I don't know, 15 minutes. And they're amazing swimmers. They're fast. They're sleek. A beaver in the water is a mighty and invincible foe. A beaver on land is dinner. So beavers have learned that they have to build protection against themselves so they can hide from like mountain lions and coyotes and bears. And when they create these dams, they shift the direction of water and it brings them their main source of food, which is leaves and twigs and bark and whatnot. And behind their dams, they build these canal networks that um, spread the water around, allowing the beaver to get closer to trees. So you can't see it, but under the water behind the beaver dam, the beaver has built basically transportation hallways and they float down them to the trees and they grab their food and they get safely back. And they have whole colonies, whole beaver villages um, usually about five beavers are sharing one of these beaver colonies. Are you really enjoying this so far? Because I don't totally. Really yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally enjoying it. These are beaver facts that I was uh, from the, especially the waterways thing. That's that's fascinating. Please continue. Who, who knew? So not only do beaver dams help their the beavers by keeping them safe and redirecting the water, which brings their food closer to them. Basically, the beavers have designed Instacart. They're inside their dam, but because they've built these waterways, the food comes to them. It's really kind of genius. But it also helps slow water down and keep it in the landscape longer, which means where beavers are around, a stream can turn into a wetland ecosystem. And then lots and lots of different kinds of animals can come and live there. And that's why beavers are a keystone species. I never really understood that before. The beaver sets the table for many, many of our friends in the animal kingdom to come and eat. Unfortunately for the beaver, though, if they're not, you know, really hypervigilant and very, very careful, they will be swallowed whole by like a coyote because they're, they're just delicious and awkward and difficult on land. So beavers... Hmm. Um, even though they're like a nuisance in a lot of places and people are mean to them. Have um, you ever seen when they've attacked an area like in a state park that maybe has a pond or, or a lake? It is just, it's horrifying. They can take down a pretty good sized tree and there's nothing left. And then they go after about 10 more. But here's something that's going to make you Bob Lacey, the most pro beaver man ever. Are you ready? To become a man who speaks for the beavers? I'm still trying to embrace that title a, li- a little bit there. But yeah, I am ready, Sherry. This is the, the greatest beaver and most Bob-centric beaver news ever. Bob, <laughs> <laughs> when you got up today, I bet you didn't think you'd hear that. No. Bob, when I'm finished <laughs> Every telling you this. Every day of my life so far. When I'm finished telling you this, you are going to be proud to call yourself king of the beaver. Are you ready? Here we go. Yeah. Beaver, when beavers make dams, beaver damming pulls greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide from the air and helps reduce flood damage, which means that beavers are the good guys 
in a world where the climate is changing. Wow. Who loves no the beaver idea. now? Yeah, I, I love the beaver now. That's great. Who's King Beaver I like it so today? much. Let me do a little tease. Next time on Bob and Sherry, the mole. How does the mole contribute? Well, in one way, as a dish. It's another exclusive right here with Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I don't know where I read it, but somebody said it's important in life when misery, tragedy, annoyance comes into your life. Walk toward it. Don't ignore it. Don't sidestep it. Walk toward it. Toward it. That's what I did about four days ago because you know what happened to me? I lost my wallet. No. With my credit cards, four credit cards, my license, and a couple of other ID cards. To say nothing of the wallet. That's the worst. I don't know where, I don't know what happened. I went out to the dump and I left it on um, the uh, passenger seat. So the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is somebody saw it and they stole it. I closed down all of my cards. But Mary came to me. She said, nobody stole that. You were putting stuff in your car and you put it on the roof. And, and drove, drove away. Off. Which Just you have done before. That one time. One time. Ten years ago. Hey, one, listen, mister. So anyway. What? You just became king of the beaver. Now you want to not be criticized for losing your wallet, too? That's a lot to ask in one day for a man to be so, yeah, overwhelmed with happiness. But here's here's what I did. I walked toward it. The next day, I canceled. I got up the next day. I canceled all of the uh, all of the credit cards. And then you know what I did? I got in my car and I drove to the DMV. And I said to myself, walk toward it, my friend. Walk toward it. This is not going to scare you. The scary people that are not going to be at the DMV today. You're not going to get some sort of disease. Put your mask on. Walk toward it. One hour later, I walked out of the DMV with a brand new Real ID license. And I canceled all their cards and the new ones are on the way. And I'm going to get a better wallet. What do you think about that? That's the spirit. That is the kind of, that is the kind of can do positivity. Isn't it better? I mean, the wallet's gone either way, right? Either way. I just, I I used uh, 10 years ago, I would be just beating myself up, beating myself up over this. I decided not to do that. And I feel better. Walk toward it. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code Radio 10. A fun size podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. Did you get any gifts for Christmas that you had to return for one reason or another? I didn't have to return any gifts that I got, but I accidentally bought one of the kids um, the wrong size uh, pajama pants. I don't, I thought I was buying a medium and I got a double XL tall. 
I want to <laughs> shout out Kohl's. Kohl's sells everything for everybody in every size. The pants were, um, they came right up to Olivia's eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I believe it. she's so tiny. Um, I had to return, I had to return a polo shirt that uh, Mary gave me because I'm a medium, but evidently this one store only sells to guys who are vegan and 19 years old. Those are the only people that could get into this medium. So I, I progressed, I guess, into, in certain cases, large. Um, but I was, I, and I didn't get that many gifts, actually, this year. I didn't have to worry about them very much. Um, I, I loved giving, and I gave a lot of gifts this year, actual gifts. I stuffed all of the stockings this year for the grandchildren and for my children and their husbands. You know, like the husbands got like really hot, um, uh, not not hot pepper sauce, but something you would spread on a cracker. I, I don't know. I saw it in a gift store. It had jalapenos. <laughs> it, it looked appealing. It filled up the stockings. And so Spicy we, cracker we, spread. Yes, I got it. Yeah, it was, it was something like that. And um, so they're all opening up their uh, stockings, getting all the stuff out. And Mary said, look at Bob's stocking. It's so sad. And there was nothing in my stocking because I was the <laughs> only one stuffing the stockings. Right. And just Bob was there alone, you know. But that's fine. Um, anyway, I, I kept uh, this little article about people who had to return gifts for one reason or another. There's only two or three I want to share with you. This one guy said, this year, I got a cheese selection from the in-laws. The cheese had been kept under the tree in the living room for like a couple of weeks. And every time I went by it, I thought, does my four-month-old daughter need her diaper changed? Oh, <laughs> oh it's the cheese. <laughs> This woman, whose name is Sally, said, my soon-to-be ex-boyfriend gave me a copy of the X Factor book. He will be receiving that back for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this one here, I was given a dance music CD by my elderly aunt. I am 28, and I have no idea what this band is all about. Um... My guess is the aunt owned the CD and it's something like out of the disco era, like maybe Gloria Gaynor and I Will Survive or one of those songs. Speaking of which, I don't know where I was. I think I was in a restaurant and I heard for the first time in I don't know how many years, the village people's um, uh, I Want to Be a Macho Man. Do you know that song? <laughs> I Want to Be everyone a Macho Man. Everyone knows that song. I don't think everyone knows it really. I, I everyone knows it. I do. I stopped whatever I was doing, and I listened to "I Want to Be a Macho Man." I'm just going to be very honest. You can say whatever you want. I liked hearing that song. It made. <laughs> do you? Can you pull that up, Macho Man? I don't 
don't know what it is about that. I'm not gay and I'm not a macho man, you know, so I have, I have no reason to really embrace it other than that. It's just, I think it's impossible to dislike a village people song. I'm with you 100%. Like, there's no village people song that I yeah. won't stop what I'm doing and listen to. Yeah. It's funny, though, with a song like this, like, if you feel like it's kind of everywhere, but then you'll hear it and realize you haven't heard it, like, all by itself in a long time, then you'll find yourself listening to it and analyzing the lyrics and going, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, true enough, Victor. Yeah. And the lead singer, the guy, the guy's a fantastic lead singer. You hear YMCA if you go to, you know, like an NFL game or something, an NBA game. You know, but but, uh, but this one, you don't hear so much. The guy that was the leather guy, he went yeah. to the same college as a friend of mine. So they yeah. put out the alumni newsletter. And there would no. be so-and-so with a lawyer, so-and-so was a doctor. And then they'd have his picture in there with all of these people. Did, did they have his village yes, they had people? his village people picture. I love that. That's a great school. Here we go again. It's so stupid, but it's just, I don't know, it just makes you, just lights you up, doesn't it? This band is one of the most subversive things to ever come out of pop culture. I think yeah. the historians of the future will be like, check this out, the village right. people. Right. Just in the most subversive possible thing. And people were like, oh, this is great. They're so fun. Yeah, it's true. Look, there's it's a construction so worker. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Both my kids are back in school now for the spring semester. And I just loved having, I loved, loved, loved having them both home. Like, just listening to them talking and laughing together from another room was just the greatest thing. And they each had a couple of friends come and spend a couple of nights. And so I had the great pleasure of listening to my kids talk about me to their friends, like in front of me, like tell they were sitting around telling stories and um, talking about previous Christmases and all. And you don't really know who you are as a parent until your kids get a little bit older and describe you to other people. And this is what my daughter told her friend, quote, my mom wasn't super strict except when it came to grades and our teeth. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's, and started, you know, that's okay. I'll take that. I started laughing and I was like, well, okay, fair enough. Like, and my daughter was like, you were a maniac about our grades and our teeth. I said, well, if you think about it, if you keep your grades up, that opens the door to opportunities, right? And if you take care of your teeth, you got your teeth for your whole life. What really, what would be better to be strict about than, and I'm asking you, Bob Lacey, what is better to be strict about than your grades and your teeth? I have absolutely no argument. I think that that is a high watermark for parenthood. Because as we all know, it's not just our chompers eating food. It's also our teeth. The health of our teeth are connected to our heart and, and other uh, parts of our body. It's just the way it is. Scientists have discovered. So if you have a healthy mouth, you're going to be a, you know, a healthier yeah. person long term. And grades, it, it goes without saying. You know, well, it's funny it's because listening, listening to these other kids talk about like one of these girls has very, very strict parents. Like, mm -hmm. I mean 
the kind of strict parents that like my husband thinks is awesome. And I've never, you and I have never been those kind of parents. We've mm-hmm. always been much more permissive lenient. or soft or lenient or whatever the word is. So mm-hmm. listening to this kid talk about like how strict, you know, she wasn't allowed to watch Glee, for example, when she was in middle school, because her parents felt like, you know, the it was too controversial. The topics were too adult. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. me and Olivia and Karamia used to have picnic dinners and Glee marathons because apparently I have like the worst judgment ever. Um, and there were other things like that too, like weird, not, not weird as in peculiar, but really highly specific things that they were strict about. Like um, one of these kids, her mother could not tolerate them using a spoon bigger than a teaspoon because she didn't like the way the spoon looked going into their mouth. Stuff like that, right? Like super duper specific things. Wow. And and meanwhile, I'm over here like anything goes as long as you keep your grades up and you floss. And that's what it sounded like listening to them describe it. It was so interesting. And this you know is what I don't the like? first time I've had that experience. Uh, what I don't like is when your, your kids have to be a certain age. And maybe yours are at that age, but mine are a few years older than yours. And they tell a story. Um, about something that that you did. And it could be funny or it could be kind of just, you know, probably not a good idea. And you have no idea that you did that. And you want to challenge it, except it's one against two. Because (laughs) they both remember it. They both remember it. When uh, you you rented a boat and you were out in the middle of the lake and the engine broke and you were saying just the worst words in the world, as if that's going to help the engine to, to, you know, and you had to get towed in. Um, they remember things like that. And as the adult, you sometimes just are subconsciously saying, get rid of that. Do not have that in your memory bank. That's not a good one. But why can't you focus remember. on the time we all had hot cocoa together and read a story? Oh, they never do that. No, they, they don't never care do about that. that. Uh uh-uh. uh, they don't care yeah. about that at all. They will, long after you're gone, be telling the story about the time Dad lost it when the boat wouldn't yeah. start. When the boat and all the start. wonderful things you've done, that'll be at the end of that story. Will be like, oh, but he did so many good things too. But that boat story, ha ha ha. Yeah, that's what. That's what. You, you don't get the specifics. That's exactly the way it is. I guess so I like unfair. That as human beings, I know. it's so unfair. But I it stand is. by your grades and your teeth. You focus on those two things, you're going to go, if not far, you're going to go further than if you didn't. Fair enough? Yeah. Yeah. Fair why enough. am I not why am I not recognized for taking my two girls to the Norman Rockwell exhibit at the Whitney Museum of Art when they were in middle school? Why will they not recognize me for that? Um, time out, chief, cuz you took two middle school girls to a Norman Rockwell exhibit. Well said. And, yes. And the memory that stuck for them is you cursing at a boat engine. <laughs> yep. That's right. It's, That's what parenthood is. Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Sherry and I were talking about colds and, you know, using Clorox wipes and stuff like that to, uh, to keep the germs away and all. Do I sound any better today than I did yesterday? About the same, about but you the look same, better. Really? Yeah. Um, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing the real guy thing. If, if your wife comes up to you and mine, mine, she was great to me yesterday. She took out the trash and I mean the, the trash uh, barrels 
to the curb. Or as we hates. call it at your place, the raccoon bait. The raccoon bait, that's right. Raccoon <laughs> bait she needs took, to get out to the curb. She took that out. She shot basketballs with uh, Hampton. She made pork chops for everybody. She got me some... Uh, you know, s- some drinks and uh, let me watch TV. She put a blanket on me. It was great. And uh, this morning, she's texted me already and saying, how are you feeling? If you're a husband, this is a very, very uh, dicey answer. Because I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to spill the beans to the ladies. We will play this as long as we can. Because oh, you think that we don't know it? Because, do you really? You really think that listen even with to, the cold? Listen to your description of yesterday. Like, you don't want some more of that today? I do. I so want it. I so, so want it. But here's the thing. As soon as you say to your wife, I mean, as soon as you say it to anybody, because Todd's been sick too, um, as soon as you say to your wife, I feel a little better. Right there, everything is wiped out. Because it's interpreted by people, especially your wife, that you feel a little bit better. Okay, he can do anything. He can paint the porch. He can take out the kitty litter. He can do it all because he's feeling better. Because he's probably holding back a little bit because he lies about these sort of things. So as soon as you say you're feeling a little bit better, the assumption is you are better. You are up to speed. Because when I asked Todd this morning, I said, Todd, how are you feeling today? He's been sick for several days. He feels a little better. All of a sudden, I figured we can do anything we want on the show because he's feeling better. See, my grandma black hair had the most genius way of dealing with um, sick men, but mm-hmm. really sick people in general. Yeah, she would shut it down. My um, how? It, like it, my father, for example. Oh my! Oh my chest! <laughs> oh, I think I might. Maybe it's a tumor. I don't know. It's, <laughs> maybe it's bronchitis. <laughs> maybe it's pneumonia. Mom, my head. Mom, my chest. Mom, my cough. And my grandma would take a big drag on her Marlboro Gold and go, "Listen to me. Don't ever have a baby." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got nothing for that. End of conversation. Know, End I of know. sympathy. And we were just talking about the baby. That the, who, how big was that baby? That lady thirteen had? pounds. Thirteen pounds in Iowa. <laughs> thirteen yeah. and natural childbirth. By the way, no epidural. Thirteen pound baby. Her, her husband could get an arrow in his throat, and he couldn't say anything after a woman delivers a thirteen oh, pound you, baby. Is it tender? Does that hurt? <laughs> Try having a thirteen pound baby. It's so good. Don't though. ever have a baby because not only do you lie on the couch in the TV room. And you get food and stuff brought to you, but you've got the you've got the control. Her shows don't matter because you're sick. You cannot be expected to watch um, a home. Uh, what do you call it? HD, not HDTV. The home shows where, where they HGTV. Trust. HGTV. You can't be expected to watch HGTV and The Bachelor while you're sick. That's too much to ask of any man. So you get to watch anything you want. I watched Red. That movie is terrible movie, really. Movie. You like that movie? It was ridiculous. I've never seen any so many bullets flying and nobody it's get hit. Based on DC comic, that's why it's so over the top ridiculous. Well, it is. Uh, I didn't know. I well, mean, the fact that know the that? fact that in the beginning of the movie flashes the DC comic logo and it's got a comic book opening. I was sick. All right, I wasn't picking up on everything. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but, did you just point to your head? You just point. That is so insulting. That is so insulting. Did you know that was a DC comic? Red? No. No. Thank you. Point to your. Point at her and then point at your head. It's tit for tat. He can't point at me because because why would I know that? But there are certain things that you're supposed to know as a guy. 
Red. I mean, I, I, I would know Superman. Know I would I know Batman. Know you know, I, I know the big ones, right? See, I don't. But you're. But there's guy. Like there's stuff I'm supposed to you're know. Saying, and there's stuff I don't know gu- to a lot know. of guy stuff. Is that what you're saying? Todd, no, Todd's saying that. Todd's Todd is casting aspersions on the depth of your bench for guy knowledge. Yeah, it's not too deep. I have to admit, <laughs> it's true. I can't do anything with tools at all. I hate to even think about that. But I have my father to blame. He never, you know. Hey, on this show, there's always somebody to blame. There's always somebody. Have we ever come upon a single issue or challenge that we couldn't find a scapegoat for? That's exactly right. Not one time. You're sick because of a guest we had on last week. That's right. I'm glad that he's sick because of a guest and not because of one of our kids. Yeah, that would be much, much worse if you could blame one of my kids for this. Nothing wrong finding a scapegoat. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're telling the truth. Correct. <laughs> well, you're you're connecting the dots. That's all it is. It's, Am I right? It's too. It is amazing that 20 years we've we've always found one. Never came That's up. That's a record. Never came up dry. Never came up dry. When have we ever walked out here going, damn? There is no one to blame. Not for this. once. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> Not one time. Sometimes when I've been unable to come up with one of my own, you've helped me. Yep. I, and, I appreciate that And about very you. often, we've got a scapegoat and a backup alternate in case the scapegoat cannot fulfill his or her duties. Well, if, he, if, if he has an excuse that is <laughs> there's valid, a there's, a, there's a second. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Did you, you realize that uh, I've, been, I've been talking with you now uh, 20 years next month? Oh, our, our anniversary's yeah. coming up, isn't it? I, I love how the company is really, I know that behind their back, they're planning great celebrations. Oh, they don't even know. They don't even know. They no. don't know. 20 years. Well, you know, it's only 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I hadn't said this. I wish I waited till March and see if they had done anything. They're not going to do anything. No. No. You know what? We're not even going to get like a little pin that we can wear on our um, badges. We're not going to get like a $5 Dairy Queen gift certificate. We're not going to get anything. And that's fine. And you know why that's you fine? You know what you Because no, can let me can I just be honest? I'll I'll own it. Let me be honest. Let me be honest. Bob and I would rather they did nothing so we could hold that against oh, yeah. them than if they did something that was kind of paltry. Am I right? I'm not going to say whether you're right. <laughs> Cuz I'm right. <laughs> True. Weird. Stuff. In each episode of True Weird Stuff, we'll take a look at something that's, you know, well, true and weird. On the premiere episode, a family friend of Sherry's is a devoted family man, hard worker, and then convicted murderer. But that's not the end of the story. There is a strange twist. True Weird Stuff drops every Friday exclusively on the free Bob and Sherry app. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. All right, here's a little nugget I think you'll find really interesting. Um, In addition to drilling my kids on their grades and their teeth, I always made them write thank you notes. I still make them write thank you notes. Like Before they were allowed to leave to go back to school, I made them write thank you notes. And I found an article on HuffPo that said that one way... To raise a grateful child, a child with an attitude of gratitude, is to force them to write thank you notes. Doesn't have to oh, be long. Is that right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. Don't make them, you know, spend a whole day doing it. But ask your kids, hey, do you think maybe you should send your grandparents a note telling them how much you liked your fill in the blank, whatever it was? 
Thank you know you. what? Even Writing if they didn't get in the habit, if they don't get in the habit of it, even if they don't, they still will know how to do it. So if an instant instance comes up where they should do it, like they were given something, somebody just went out of their way for them. They know that there's a certain skill, a certain card, and a certain amount of time between the time they get it and the time the card gets delivered. Well, and I'll give you a piece of good news for parents like me that just feel like, oh my God, one more thing. Um, yeah, it's great if they have a piece of stationery and they write and they, you know, send the note and put a stamp on it. But even a text, even teaching your kids to send a thank you text is better than nothing at all. It is. Yeah, it is. So get them in that habit. And over the course of time, they become people who recognize like, oh, I've been given something and I want to say thank you for that. Isn't that I gave kind of a cool idea? It is. I gave DoorDash uh, cards to my uh, nieces and nephew, and I've already got back uh, one, maybe two thank you notes. And I really yep. appreciate that. Yeah. It's a cool thing. That's how you raise a kid with an attitude of gratitude. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.